Hi guys, I'm the Impaired Grappler and welcome to my podcast. Today we have a very special guest for our 33rd episode, it's Nick Patterson. You might recognize him from a few viral videos over the past year, uh, MMA gym owner versus VicPol, where he disallowed entry uh, from the health officers and uh, Vic police uh, here in Melbourne at his gym. Uh, yeah, so basically, yeah, using words and uh, legal language and that sort of stuff. So yeah, we talk about young Nick, his MMA and fight history, his injuries, uh, rehab and training modalities that he's uh, figured out over the years. Uh, we talk about the law, straw man, uh, the constitution and Black's Law Dictionary and some interesting words in there. Uh, we talk about God and the Bible and uh, how that relates to the law. Uh, yeah, and we talk about uh, lessons that he's learned from coaching, uh, the meaning of the number 33, this being the 33rd episode. Uh, whether it's evil or not, or Illuminati or whatever. Uh, we talk about homeschooling as he's been doing that for a few years and sort of being targeted by the police at the protests and, and at his gym and all that sort of stuff. So hope you guys enjoy and we'll catch you on the other side. Us. Hi guys, I'm the Impaired Grappler and welcome to my podcast. Today we have a very special guest. It's uh, Nick Patterson. You may have seen a viral video from oh, over a year ago now. Uh, about the the lockdowns and the police trying to enter the uh, enter the MMA gym and it was a title MMA gym versus Vic Pol I think um, yeah and he's uh, been doing a lot of work uh, the last year or so and uh, yeah it's uh, Nick Patterson uh, how are you Nick yeah I'm good mate how are you yeah pretty good pretty good and this will likely be episode thirty three so Illuminati confirmed and all that but um oh, yeah. we, we may discuss that later but yeah Did just, I cover my eye and yeah you just, just uh, do all the yeah. symbols and yeah. triangles symbols. and everything yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah like we could get into that doing the the, the whole hand symbol thing <laughs> but yeah no um, yeah so just wanted to, to touch on um you you were like basically um in MMA and trying out for UFC and you've got your own gym. So <coughs> can you talk about sort of the young, young Nick and sort of getting into, I guess, getting into MMA and sort of the, the fighting and what sort of uh, inspired you to go down that road and sort of what led you yeah. to, to trying for the UFC and all that. And then, yeah, we'll take it from there. Yeah. Um, and I have to, excuse me, my, my daughter's a little bit loud. So hopefully I don't know how much they can give me here. Um, she's two, so yeah, that's fine. Terrible twos, yeah, terrible twos. Um, well, yeah, no, I I always liked martial arts and and fighting as a as a all as young as I can remember, and I always thought that I would fight when I was older. So I think the the thought precedes the action, and that thought was in my mind very young. And then I I had an opportunity to train with a man named Ed Bavlock, who's a just a very inspiring coach. Uh, he's from Boston, but he um, he lived in Melbourne. He's moved moved to Ireland just recently, but he's he's um, you know t- over twenty years in in Melbourne. And he was he was my coach. I started training with him. I trained at a number of different places um, from a young age. I've never really learned martial arts in a complete way until I started to train with him. He was a Muay Thai. Um, kickboxer that just embraced MMA, loved it, loves the wrestling, 
And uh, yeah, I started training with him. And I, I said to him once, I said, look, I, I would like to do what you do when I'm older, you know, and I'm, and I'm experienced. And he said, well, I'd like to be a coach. And I said, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that. And I ended up following sort of his, you know, his path um, to some degree. Obviously, it's a different path now, but but I followed that path and, and I started to fight. And, I, and I, I had something in me that pushed me to want to, to compete. I really wanted to compete. And, and it was, I think, I, I, I don't know my father. And I think a lot of, a lot of young men that don't know their dads have like this issue where they have to kind of, prove that they're a man right it's it's like it's, i don't know what it is but it's it definitely was there so i um and i found that fighting was a way out of the mundane if i can make a, a make a living out of this that sport then I, I i can find a way out of doing something mundane i don't want to work in a factory and just spend my my life doing something that i hate that's that's mediocre now i'm not putting anyone down if they do that because you often can make a lot more money doing things like that but i just didn't want to do that um, so it was way out. So I went all in, uh, started fighting, um, and I was and I, and I was pretty good at it because I believed I I could accomplish because it's it's about the belief you've got to believe. That's where the heart comes from. And yeah, and then I um you know I, I fought some some pretty big fights like against some pretty tough opponents. I fought you know I fought Dan Hooker um you know in a title fight. It was my first ever lightweight fight. I cut weight to lightweight. I really struggled with it. Because um, I'm a, di- a type one diabetic, I was told medically I shouldn't be doing that, but I I would do it anyway. I'd make the big weight cut, and uh, yeah, I, I ended up getting a UFC um, opportunity in the end to fight on on a Brisbane card, and I um, it was just a bit late for me. I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, so you kind of with fighting, you need to be all in. Yeah, you need to be a hundred percent. And when I was so aware of all the other things going on in the world that my mind was divided into two camps. Hmm. And the, the camp of, you know, there's psychopaths controlling our, our world that, um, you know, are stealing from us. And, you know, they might, we're going to have some sort of big thing that's going to collapse our economy. All these thoughts were in my mind and I was researching, I was down the rabbit hole and it was very hard for me to really focus. Um, and they gave me like 10 days to lose 10 kilos for a fight. And I'm just like, <laughs> not interested. Yeah. So yeah. So that's that's where I um you know that was sort of the end, of, and then I had a I had a prayer before, before my last MMA fight, and I just I just asked that God would help me to quit fighting and retire because I retired two times previous, and and didn't actually retire. I'd retire and then I'd come back. Yeah. And then I um, yeah I uh I had a prayer that I'd be able to finish fighting and start fighting the, the real fight, and. All my strength was taken out of me when I had that fight. I fought a guy named Joshua Calvo from, from I think it was from Oregon or Washington State. It's from that top, you know, the the west west coast, northern west coast of the US. And yeah, and I, I just wasn't able to perform, and I got beat in the first round. And and you know, I think God's got a sense of humour because that shouldn't have happened to me, but it, but it did, and that was it. My ranking went from being very high I, I might have still been ranked number one in two weight classes of unsigned fighters now it's gone down very low i'd already kind of lost the drive to fight it's like i'm not going to fight to get that back up again and that was the end yeah and um yeah and then i started on a bit of a different path so cutting weight and being diabetic what issues did you have was that in that fight as well um that you had some uh, issues i 
can't remember if that was a welterweight fight or not. I don't know. That wasn't a no. There was no, not that I can remember. There was no. I just went to fight this guy, and I just didn't have. I just wasn't mm. on at all. It was like okay. my strength was taken away. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Good uh, message from on high, I guess. Yeah, so well, well, like, yeah. I mean, he he makes men and breaks them, and he can, yeah. you know, I, I think of that really famous uh, quote from that movie Braveheart: "God makes men who they are," mm. you know. And, and I don't think he wanted me to be doing that anymore, and I didn't want to be doing that in in the cage anymore. I wanted to. Mm. I was I was getting pulled out to do something different, and um, I. But you know, there's all the the multitude of voices that are screaming in different directions: "Do this, do this," and it's hard to. So you go, yeah, well, you know, if I keep going, like, you know what, maybe I should give it a, another good go and because uh, I got that opportunity and to, to fight in the biggest show. I'm on their radar. But then I, then I, other voices would say, yeah, but you're not really all in now. And I'm like, mm. yeah, that's true. I'm not. So I had to make that decision. But I was on the – I was right on the, the edge. So what was I, the decision? I, in a way – so I had to I had to pray for it to okay. to be able to help me to make the right decision, which I knew in, internally the right decision was I needed to retire now. I've got I had three children at that stage. I've got four now, married. You know, I had done enough. I didn't need to do it anymore. Yeah. So praying helped you make that final decision, I guess. Yeah. 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 All right. Cool. And like, uh, well, okay. So you went through your history, but uh, can you talk about? Uh, just while we're talking about the MMA side of things, um, your history of injuries and uh, like with regards to prevention or rehab or any training modalities that you found that help with injuries or like what? Yeah, yeah. Like so I, I've had a quite a few. Yeah, I've had quite a few surgeries: shoulder mm-hmm. surgeries, knee surgeries. I've had some bad injuries. What I found was wrestling was always the biggest, most dangerous culprit for for um, for mm. bad the bad injuries that put you out. Yeah. You know, you, you someone takes, you know, just throws you or there's a big takedown. Jiu-jitsu, not so much because, you know, you're not up high, you're not standing up and you're not getting, you know, with all the gravity with someone on top of you. Um, so most of my bad, I had cracked my sternum once and someone threw me and landed on top of me. Mm. I, I got thrown and had my shoulder ripped out of its socket. You know, I got thrown by Callum Potter because he's another guy oh, that yeah. I fought. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a good fella. And, mm. um, yeah, he, he threw me once because after we fought, then he started training with us from uh, every every week. It was just once a week he'd train with us. And, um, yeah, and he threw me once and, and like, with the judo throw and he, he snapped my ankle. Like, it just – so it's those those kinds of movements that were very dangerous. So what I've tried to really focus on after, after having many injuries and learning slowly, because I'm a slow learner with some things, instead of doing live wrestling – all the time, just drill, take down for takedown, take down for takedown, take down for takedown. Because that that drilling, we, we've measured it on the heart rate monitor. It actually gets your heart rate up higher, even though it doesn't feel like it's higher. And it's something to do with if you're doing a full takedown, like a double leg takedown to the ground, then the other guy does it to you, you get up. That often there's a lot more output than there would be with going live because a lot of the live stuff would be, just clenched up mm. against the against the cage, right? You just clenched up there for a long. That might be half of a round where you could have done, you know, 20, 20 takedowns each, full takedowns. Yeah. And then you're getting better at your takedowns and that becomes more seamless. But you're also you're also um you, you, your output's higher and the injury 
the, the injuries just, they're not going to be there if you're doing mm. controlled movements over and over. You're not going to injure yourself. So that's what I started to do. Um, and, you know, I wish I had learned that earlier on. But, you know, sometimes you're just going to, you've got to go through those painful injuries to learn, you know. And, and that's how I train my guys now in my gym. I, I train them to do more, more drilling. You know, you can do high-intensity drilling too. Mm. Uh, you're going to get more output. You're going to get better at your technique. The same is you don't go sparring all the time, get hit in the head all the time. It's, no. it's so good. Just do lots and lots of pads, lots yeah. of pad work, good pad work too. Yeah. You know, if you look at Floyd Mayweather and that, you know, he's not sparring all the time. He's mm. pads, lots of pads though. And that's the way you, you, you get your boxing better, right? So it's the same thing with the wrestling. And wrestling obviously is, the I think, the most um, taxing on the body. Yeah. And you're getting your volume up. And minimising injury and just this makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's always good to have uh, partners that are willing to train with you and not just want to. Um, yeah, yeah. when well, you got a training partner, not just want to smash each other every time. But um, yeah, yeah. So, was there any uh, any uh, kind of rehab modalities um, that you found that that you thought um, are really beneficial, bang for the buck, like a device or a just any kind of modality that you could think of? Oh, look, one thing that was really good was the hot and cold bath, ice mm. bath into the warm, cold, warm, you know, that was very good for for recovery um, from that, you know, that lactic acid the, build up, that soreness, that rusty feeling in your body. The DOMS, the day after, yeah. the delayed onset of muscular soreness I found after wrestling, the hot, cold bath was uh, yeah. perfect for that. Yeah, I would rate that as probably the, the biggest bang for its buck. Yep. All right. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, there's another podcast I haven't released yet. We spoke about that too. So, um, yeah, it's pretty yeah. – it's cool that it's uh, useful for a lot of people. Um, so, all right, getting back into – well, you, you mentioned it before, so we can uh, touch on it now, like with regards to the Bible and God. Like what got you – what have you always been – in? Um, going to church and uh, following the Bible and in, in your, in your opinion, what's the importance of the Bible? Okay. So okay, I guess well, just for the layman, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I have always believed in God. My mother taught me to believe in God, even though she never took me to church, never read the Bible with me. Never went to church until I was I think 14. I saw someone in the city and I was with a friend and then they uh, started taking me to church. So I just started talking God, and then I started going to another church when I was 16. And then I, but it was for that as young as I can remember, my mother taught me to pray, and I just prayed religiously morning and night, morning and night, pretty much every night. There might have been the odd one that I'd forget, but I just did, and I knew I needed to do that. And I've, um, and I've, I've actually, it, I think it's just something was inbuilt in me because even when I was about six or seven, and I was sharing this, this story the other day with someone on a on alive and um i remember because we grew up in the housing commission flats so it's a rough part of town and and some of the kids including my cousin wanted to who was five years older than me and all these kids were older than me and i was the youngest <laughs> i was like i think i was seven and they wanted to smash a window of a church and i just went no and i thought i've got to speak up now i'd never been to church and i'd never read the bible but i knew that was god right in my mind mm-hmm. that was god i can't do that so i've i, I stood up to everyone i said guys you can't do this can't smash a church window now for all i know that church might have been might have been evil i don't know mm. right but it, in my mind it represented 
God. And and then I thought I was going to get beat up by or picked on or teased by all these older kids, but they ended up saying, oh, no, he's right. And then they they didn't they didn't smash the church window. They ended up smashing somebody else's window, their house window. I didn't feel so bad, right, about that. I thought, well, at Ooh. least I stopped them from doing the greater evil. So it was obviously it's been on my heart since as young as I can remember. Um, and I, I guess the relevance of the Bible is if you read it, if you really read it, the concepts, and don't just take what's written in there um, and and have it interpreted for you by some man or some woman that claims to be the, the authority, if you actually look at what the basic concepts in there are, they're true. And I think anyone that reads those would be able to find that, yes, this is true. You know, there's something, you know, the fact that there's, you, you've got a conscience, something inside of you that, that tells you the difference between right and wrong that's inbuilt into your DNA. That, mm. that is, is the proof that you, you know, the fact that God's name is I am. He says I am, you know, or the, Jesus is the word, which means the idea, the logos, the concept. That, that a word spoken, written, whatever, is just conveying an idea or a concept. And an idea or a concept requires intelligence, which is the name of God. I am. I exist. I am. So these concepts, if you look at it from the basic root, enables us to understand who we are and who God is and that the mind is the kingdom of God. You know, the kingdom of God is within you. Hmm. You know, God dwells within you. And if we realize that, we realize there's this whole internal world that we're, we're probably not so focused on because we're being distracted by all the external things. But a lot of people focus on the external things, you know, like, like it says, you can't serve God and mammon, and mammon just means money. You can't yeah. serve the external stuff and the internal. So, and you see that with sort of what's going on now. There's people that are, that are really digging deep inside and they're looking at, at, you know, their conscience and they're thinking, I don't agree with what's going on. I don't believe in this. And I'm going to, I'm going to risk being given a big fine, going to jail, being hated by people that I know, losing my job because of something that I believe in that's inside of me and it's not external. They're making a choice between the external world and the internal. Mm. And they're recognizing the, the value of the internal world. And I think the Bible is the key for people to understand that. It's just, you've got to, get past the language barrier because it's been written 400 year old King James in mm. English. Yeah. And um, yeah, cause I've started reading the Bible world with a couple of just different groups, but like nothing really formal. We just sort of pick a theme and a few passages from, uh, from that theme and just read it and talk about it and discuss it. But yeah, you're right. Like everything I've read so far, it's like, it's all true, whether it's uh, parables and metaphors and that, but um it's it's all true and then you see it happening today like um yeah just the the lessons that are in there and it's you know it's, it's pretty amazing it's like this was written 2000 years ago and it's as relevant today as ever and there's a reason that's um it's so powerful and so many people um believe in it but then you get into which version and then translations but um well there are some terrible translations yeah. <laughs> like this translation that Kanye West is, is okay. it's his name instead of God. Like it, there, that has happened. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. Cause I just read in revelations, no one should change the word. Was it revelations uh, towards the end, the last book. And add to or take away. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. The... yeah. Otherwise you will suffer what's in, what's in this book and all that sort of stuff. Uh, um, yep. Yeah. Okay. So, 
Um, and then like relating the King, well, especially the King James Bible, but the Bible to law, that's basically where we, in the West, where we get our law from. Um, it, it is, it point. is where, and yeah, but then that now they just, they're lawless now. Like it doesn't matter that they make contradictory, everything contradicts other things, right? You've got, mm. I mean, we've got certain laws that say X and then they go, yeah, but you know what? We're going to make laws that say Y that contradict X. And so it doesn't, but that is the basis of law because, and that's what, that's the basis of what's in our conscience. It's, it's actually, it marries up what's written in there. In, in correct context will marry up with what's on your conscience, hmm. which is the light that lighteth every man that comes into the world, which is in John chapter one. So there's this light in you, this truth in you, the truth and light, you know, and we're meant to let our light so shine. So we're meant to let the truth out so people can see it, which is what the word emotion means. It means to move out. So we've got something inside of us and we've got to express it. That's, that's why we need freedom of expression political and religious that's the reason because we can't serve god and let our light so shine and glorify god if we don't do that um and that's the first the first commandment thou shalt have no other gods before before me okay um so when you understand these things in context it makes perfect sense um yeah so i went on a bit of a tangent there yeah that's right um so when was the first time you saw these uh issues with law and or just how the world's run i guess with these uh evil psychopaths well, it's interesting because I never had any interest in law ever. And then, but about eight years ago, I got inspired to go and I don't know why I got inspired to go and, and start learning law and learning. I, I, I watched a video on the straw man and I thought that's a really interesting concept. Is that true? I started looking at things and I started seeing this capitalized. Why is my name written in capital letters on all of these, you know, these, um, you know, um, you know, corporate letters that I'm getting from, from banks and, and why is it in capital letters and why is my birth certificate all capital letters on, on the surname? And I, and I started to think there's something to this. And then I I, I went to a, um, I went shopping at a shopping centre with, with my family and my wife and she wanted to get some things and, and I'm not into shopping and all. So I just, I, I just stayed outside with the kids and there was this man that looked like, he might have been homeless, but he started talking to me about the straw man. And I, I thought, this is very interesting. So a lot of people would have shrugged him off because of the way he looked, but I was I was more interested in what he had to say. So I had this conversation with him and he was very intelligent. And he gave me a card to this group called the Community Law Research Group. So I ended up going to that to that place and, and I um I started to learn about the law and the constitution and you know which was amazing because I'd heard the word constitution. I didn't really understand anything about it. And I said, oh, there's this whole, there's, this, there's, there's limits on what the government can and can't do. And the government's not doing those things. And I think that's what opened me up to the injustice. Because I, I've got mm. to think of the justice. I don't, I, I can't accept injustice just mm. happening. It just, it just is. I have to, if I can do something, I have to do something. So I started to learn everything that I could. And look, I, I'm not one of the minds for the constitution and, and the law, but I, there's certain things that, that, um, that have really stood out to me. And then I've, and I've, years later, when all of this, this madness sort of with, with this pandemic, which, I, you know, anyway, I'm not going to, I won't even get into it. But when that happened, I was able to recall all of this stuff. And, and I was able to quote so much of it off the top of my head. 
it's interesting because in the scriptures, the Bible, it says in John chapter 14, verse 26, I think it is, but that the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, in the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I've said unto you. And I went, oh, that's just happening. Right at the, the moment I need that, bang, the thought comes in my mind and I know what to say. And I was winning these battles. And, and obviously you've seen mm. sort of some of those, which I've had a number mm. of videos that went viral that where we, we basically were able to school the, the police and the, the officers in just in, in, in the law. And, and if I didn't spend those years, years learning this stuff, when I didn't even have an interest in it, mm. something was put on my heart, told me to do it, then years, late, years later I, I have all this information that I didn't even know I, I had remembered, but it was coming back to me mm. at that very instant. I was able to just say things, you know, acts that I didn't even know. Oh, that's right, that act. And then I'll just say it. I'd say it's in this act, you know, the Statute Law Revision Act, you know, 1960, you know, 19, um, 1973, and they removed the words Commonwealth. And then I was just, I was just flowing. And I thought, wow, this is, um, God's using the, me to do this because he's bringing it to my remembrance. So I didn't even know that I was, that I, I didn't, couldn't remember these things. And then they all just came to me at that moment. Same mm. thing happened when I had an interaction with the police at Flagstaff Gardens. And then I was later assaulted at the, on the same day and, and, taken and, and i was put yeah. in jail I saw, yeah well i saw them recording you as well like they're trying to learn i think they were trying to learn off you to, so they know how to actually be able to combat what you're saying but they but anyway then they then they uh assaulted you at the end on the way home which was a bit annoying but yeah um yeah i noticed they were there with their video camera recording what you were saying yeah, well, they always have their when they have large numbers of police, they have their um usually they have like their own kind of media, mm. that, and they have their they have these special cameras that are on a stick that they use. Yeah, they're like on a stick and they come out like this. I don't know what they're doing with it. Probably facial recognition, all the rest of it as well. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but so, um, I actually had the COVID marshals turn up to my gym yesterday. Okay. Yeah, and they had a, we had a bit of a chat. Did a bit of a video as well okay. on that one. Quite yeah. funny. Yeah. Okay. And they were very, very rude when they, mm. you know, the way that they, they talk to you and when you start to give it back to them. And, I, and I'm not abusive with them at all. Just say, look, I'll, I'll provide what you want, but you've just got to provide the grounds for mm. Some evidence that there's some grounds that I actually have to provide you with anything. Show me. And yeah. then they turn their back on you and start being really rude. And I, so I just called them out. I said, no, because you've come to my place. You know, mm. and you, you're giving me a hard time. And then when I start giving it back, you turn your back on me and you can't even talk mm. to me and give me the respect of a man. Mm. You know, and that's, I think that's what's happened with our society. We're seeing that the the people that, that do love money more than what's in, inside of them are the ones that, that will gladly you know, take on a job like being a COVID marshal to, mm. um, you know, shut people's businesses down based on technicalities. Because they, and I'm sure they get paid very good money too. Yeah, because it's sure. not something that morally marries up with your conscience to do that to people. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's it. And like with regards, you mentioned the Constitution, um, the well, the importance of the Constitution, even though, yeah, like you said, they're not following the Constitution. So it's like they keep not following the law, but then bringing in reasons to change the law because they haven't followed the law originally or they do new mandates and legislation and all that stuff. But it's like, well, if you followed that piece of law, we wouldn't require this bill that you're, you know, that you're touting at the moment. Well, it's, it's, it makes the whole thing completely invalid. So 
Daniel Andrews has been directing and, and the chief, you know, the chief health officer, they've been directing the, the police in the performance of their duties. That's inconsistent with Section 51 of the Victoria Police Act, the definition of a constable at common law. And you look at the, the actual definition of constable because it says all police have the duties and powers of a constable at common law. So then, but there's no definition there for constable or common law in the Act. So you go to the Australian Legal Dictionary and it says a constable cannot be directed by the government or senior police as to who they should or should not prosecute. They're answerable to the law and the law only. And then there's case law for that. And the case law is, it's a UK case. It's been cited in, in Australian cases many times. R versus Commissioner of the Police Metropolis Ex Parte 1968. And this, in this particular case... And, and it's been cited many times, the police were being directed by the judiciary and then they weren't able to direct them to do anything other than to write a report. But we've got the, the police literally going around arresting people, giving fines, you know, shutting down businesses from the government. Hmm. But they, they have independent authority. So basically the police have just submitted to the wishes of the government, even though they're not meant to be being directed by the government. And that's in case law, that's in the Victoria Police Act, and that's in the um, the definition of the office that they hold. Um, so the, it's everything's wrong. Everything's wrong. There's no law anymore. They just do whatever they want, and then they write a, a bill allowing them to do the things that they were doing against the law in the first place. Hmm. Daniel Andrews should be put in jail, but then how do you get the police to put him in jail when they're taking the orders from him? Well, you see, that's called acting yeah. under dictation. That's how you get a dictatorship. It's when the people that have authority over their office, independent authority, allow some inferior, not, not inferior, some superior authority that doesn't have discretion in their office to dictate to them. Hmm. That's exactly what's happened. Yeah. And like with regards to you know, like the legalese and the language and like in Black's Law Dictionary with the inversion of the words or double, double meaning of words, um, were there any words that you've come across, um, like you said, constable, um, but any words that you come across where the meaning is the opposite that you, well, the most interesting ones that you can think of, like understanding. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well like well, I'd like to say favorite, but like that's probably not the right word. You, um, but yeah. Well, well, what an interesting one is when they say, you know, where do you live? And you say, well, I live in my body, right? That's what mm. I say to them. I live in my body because my spirit lives in my body. Mm. They go, no, where's your address? I go, I don't, I don't wear dresses. I don't want you to add address to me. They go, uh, you know, will you will you be um, getting any advice, legal advice? I go, I've got enough vices. I don't need to be added any extra vices. You know, this is what mm. these words really mean. Mm. Where do you reside? I go, I, I'm not a resident. I'm not a resident. Like it's things like that 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 people need to know. Like if they say, where do you live? And you say, I live at, you know, whatever, you know, Johnson Street, 51 Johnson Street. You know, you well, if you're not at that particular, if you're not at that address, but they're asking where do you live, you're, you're basically saying I'm not alive. I'm, I'm, and that's what statute law is. You're putting yourself in statute law. It's a trick question. Hmm. So if I say where do you live and you say I live over there at this, this address, you go, oh, well, you're not there now. So that technically if you're not there now, you, you're not alive. You're, and that's what, I mean, that, it goes back to like corporation, which means corpse speaking, you know, it's all the, the, the dead body speaking. So the whole language, actually, if you look in the Black's Law Dictionary for sight, the word sight, um, like the citation, and I don't, I don't know if you've got it there with you, but uh, it's basically not here. Yeah, it means to summon the person, and the person's obviously the the corporate entity. Mm. So to summon the so what that really means is to summon 
the corpse, the speaking corpse. It's like a horror movie. It's necromancy. It's, it's necromancy. And it's interesting because the Bible very clearly says you're not to have, you're not meant to let a necromancer live, right? But they've got us to engage in necromancy, the whole of society. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you try to tell, you know, you try to tell the people in the churches that they just can't see it. They don't, they don't understand the relevance of what's written in there and, and, they, and how to connect it to our, our modern world. Um, I mean, the churches, most of them have, in, have become incorporated, right? Well, once you incorporate, that's what that means. It means to become corporate or, or the, it's the, the, um, the, the dead body speaking, right? So they've incorporated and now, now because they're under statute jurisdiction, they're, they're now taxable. So then they, then they um, apply, which means to beg for a tax-free exemption with the government. That adds the government into the church's tr- in trust. And now, now you've given that which is holy, which was the church, over to the government, which is you've given that which is holy to the dogs. And then they can basically, they have a foot in the door of your church. They can control and steer which way the church, you know, the church yeah. goes and how it can go through. So you see how that's a huge, huge um, pro- problem that we have in the Christian world and why so many of these Christian people are just going along with all of these mandates. It's because they, um, they're being told to by their leaders who, are, who are, have entered into trust with the government. Mm. Yeah, and then... Um... Yeah, and then they take take offence a lot of the times if you uh, mention something against their worldview. But it's like, you know, there could be corruption within your church, and if you're not willing to see it, like individual priests might be fine, and you know, there's some priests out there that are really good. But um, if the institution's been corrupted from the top down, it makes it very difficult. Yeah, and they, and they change the hierarchy of where God, the church, where man is, and government. Like man is supposed to be above government. But under God, yeah. But um, they're putting the church above, above man, and then government above the church, which it's that's the um, inverted. Maxim. There's a maxim: the um, the beginning, uh, the the principle of the thing is its beginning. So the principle, and um, you know the the um, I think it's the stream cannot rise above its source. Is another, and basically what it means mm. is. God created us, so we can't become greater than God. Yeah. Because He created us. He's the source of us. The I amness, the mm. consciousness that's in us comes from God, who mm. is I am. Right? That's what he says to Moses, says, I he says, Who are you? He says, I am. I am that I am. Right. And and that's the thing. And then the government's created by the by man. And then and then then the government says, No, no, you're you're below because you've agreed to it. Mm. And it's because corrupt men. Because the government has no ability to think, the corporations can't think, they don't live. There's no life in them. It's only the people that give life to it that work in it. And then what they do is they create something on paper, which isn't. It's not living. And mm. then they get you to sign and agree to it and say, "I'm going to be part of this fake world, this fake on paper world, the legal world." Mm. And then by doing that, they then because of their own, your word is your bond. Whatever you say, you you're meant to do. You've agreed to it. That's why they have. They haven't. They haven't put themselves above you. What they've done is they've allowed. They've they've tricked us into being below them. Mm. It's called capitus diminutio, and it's the legal the legal term is to diminish your capacity. That's what the, mm. the capitalized name is. Okay. Capitus diminutio. Yeah. So they do that, and they and they've they've been doing this for a long time, and we just don't we just don't. We're, we're too naive, I think, and we've been 
fed really well, lots of bread and circuses, lots of distractions. We don't have a clue about mm. what's really going on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so, yeah, because a lot of, because, um, you know, with politics, it's about trust. And then um, if, you, if you don't trust the government, then, um, you know, if they're breaking the law, then, you know, who who do we call kind of thing? And it's like, well, well, what's the? There's no legal recourse for like um. What's it called? Um, having a uh, private militias and stuff like that in in this country is there? We we have been completely demoralised in this country where we mm. don't have any freedom. We've got no freedom to um to defend ourselves. Mm. Um, I mean, we can at law defend ourselves. Um, but we don't have any ability to do it in a um, in a real way. Yeah, you know, you you're, you've got your your, your fists, mm. and that's about it. You're not allowed to do anything else. You you can't have guns and weapons mm. to to defend yourself. They took those away. Um, and even then, if you do have a, a punch a police officer who's who's assaulting you, all the police would just, they know how the system works, and they they will just. Um, write false statements and mm. put you in jail, which is what they did to me. And, yeah. um, and I don't know if you've seen, you, you, I think you've seen that footage. Yeah. And I actually, I shared the footage. I mm. said, this is what they did to me. I shared their own body cam footage, showing them run across the road and start punching up my mate. And then I went in there to defend him. And then they, there's 20 of them and mm. there's like four of us. Yeah, we, mm. we got a, we got a solid. So this is, this is the problem, you know, that we don't have all the power really has been taken away from us because we've allowed it to be taken away from us. Mm. It's not because they had the power to take it. The small few cunning people that are incredibly corrupted and probably mostly sociopaths and psychopaths in the government, they've, they've taken, they, they couldn't have taken it without us consenting to it. Mm. So we've allowed them to take, you know, we got to see, Oh, the guns, guns are so bad. Oh, we've got to, yeah, yeah. Let's hand our guns in. It's like, well, that mm. was, that was a big lie. That was mm. a big lie. And obviously I'm not going to be conspiratorial. I'm just going to say that, you know, all the criminals have guns, mm. right? All the bad guys have guns. It's the only people that, that gave their guns back and, and don't have guns mm. are the people that would only use them for a righteous purpose. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's sort of what I saw at the time. And it was, I was at uni. It was pretty scary, but I was like, uh, this is one step to, this is what Hitler did. The first thing Hitler did, you know. Yeah. So it's he like, did. and people, people were like, ah, oh, you know, you, you're crazy, you're crazy. It's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> and like, look where we are now. So what's yeah. the role of the the Australian peacemakers, and like, what's, um, yeah, what's the goal there? And well, it, it comes back to um to two words in in the Hebrew, you know, hatat, which is the word for repent, which just means, but in um, sorry, hatat is the word, not repent, the word for sin, which means to miss the mark. So mm. we, we have the word sin in the English, but it comes from the word um, in the Hebrew, which is hatat, which just means to to miss the mark. So yeah. you're, you're off course. Mm. And the word repentance, which is the word shub in Hebrew, which means to turn back and get on course. So it's about getting people. People are like, we've got to do something, and they've got all this energy, and they're, they're active. Let's go and stop. This evil government's like, well, okay, well, we, this is the way to, to have a victory there is we have to start walking in the right direction because your rights truly do come from doing what's right. The reason we've lost our rights 
is because it's, it's actually in the first the first um, clause in the Constitution. It says relying upon the blessings of Almighty God. And you can see in our society we've turned away from God. You just look at the, you know, I was showing someone the other day at our house. We're talking about the demoralisation of our society. And I showed them that, that Cardi B um, what film clip. Mm. I said, this is, kids watch this. Like, this is evil, like pure mm. evil. And our friend was like, that is so bad. I didn't even know about this. I said, yeah, this is mm. bad stuff. This is, they've turned us into animals, mm. right? So if we're not going to be, if we're not going to um, be able to govern ourselves, we'll get a, someone to govern us. Mm. Um, and that's why they want, it, they, they want us to go and, and be as depraved as possible because that takes us away from God, which is where our rights come from. And mm. that's the fundamental principle that I don't think people realise is if you start doing what's right, things will start to, to turn out and, and go right for you. But if you're doing what's wrong and you're, you're living like an animal and cheating on your wife and stealing from your friends and just being, just thinking evil, saying evil, you know, bashing, all, all the bad things, if you're doing mm. that and that's a big part of, of your mind, um, the thought precedes the action. So that's where it starts from. And you're not going to have your rights and freedoms for very long because you can't mm. because you don't, you're a danger to us. Cause there's a lot of things that we do in society that aren't even against the law, but they're very dangerous. I mean, we've got, we've got in the schools they are teaching kids that they can transition their gender and take hormone blocking, mm. you know, medications. I mean, this is how bad it is. Mm. You know, we've got full term abortion. You can, you can be, you know, a woman can be pregnant and the day before she, she's going to have the baby, she can, about I mean, this is the evil that's in our society. We we have really, uh, I think the, what the Bible says is in the last days that the people will have their conscience seared with a hot iron. Mm. And I go, I think that's what's happened to us. That's why we've ended up here. Yeah, and they've used the materialism and uh, also sort of pornography and things like that as a weapon against us to yeah. demoralise and the de, uh, human. Yeah, that's... Um, dehumanize us, I guess, and yeah, make us like animals. Yeah, so yeah, um, I realized that a, a few years ago, just the um, yeah, the pawns no good, and then um, it's been used as weapons before, and yeah, um, destroys relationships, it destroys yeah. your ability to, to value, you know, to, to value your, your, your wife, you mm. know, especially for like for, for men, definitely, mm. like if they're looking at that stuff, it's going to poison their mind. They're yeah. not going to see really, yeah. Um, and they're going to miss all the beauty that's in this world. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, what have you learnt from what is coaching and having your gym and all all the um, MMA stuff that you do? How well? How has that coaching actually helped your life? Um, it's given me look. It's definitely given me a confidence to um, to to, to it, it, it's give me the confidence to go and have a crack and, and test, test myself out and be willing to go out there and do, to be a doer, not just a hearer of the words, but a doer, you know, go out and do, actually mm. do it. Put on the, you know, and it's an extreme thing. It's not, it's not a mild thing to go and do. It's a big thing. Mm. So I guess going out there and, and being at protests and things and, and having those interactions with the police and that is a big thing too. So it's like, but I've already been doing those big things when you go out to the fight in the cage. Hmm. and you've got all these people watching and, and you know, and, you know, like you, you're going to get hurt, you know, that's going to happen. It's a fight, it, a, a good close fight. It's going to, you're both going to get hurt. So I think there, and then with the coaching side of it, it's, you know, I, it just gives me a, um, a way to reach people and help them. 
because I'm not I'm not actually that in, interested in in the, the fights, but I'm mm. interested in people though. I really mm. interested. I'm interested in people, and, it's, and I I I have an interest in fighting yeah. and the sport, but it's not like a passion or a love. Um, the sport isn't the passion; it's the people. And if they have an interest in it, I can. It's a way for me to connect with the people. Um, and I think because I've done very well in the sport, it, a lot of people that may not listen to anyone else will listen to me and I, yeah. I'm able to plant good seeds in there because basically your mind is like a computer. What you put in there, program in, is what it will spit out, mm. right? So um, you, you, the thought precedes the action. We're going to put good thoughts and good seeds in their mind. If we can do that, we can make good people, help them to, or help them to be good people. So would you say that's the biggest thing you've learnt is how to um, communicate and teach people? I've learned a lot actually about people because you get so many different types of people mm. and you realize how different we really are where um, we might look very similar, but we are so, so different as people in the way that we process information and the way we think things and the order of which we go through certain stimulus mm. and information. Like some people go the opposite way around, you know, and, mm. you know, someone will see maybe, you know, you'll see someone, what they've done and then look at why they did that and then, you know, where they came from. Someone else will go, well, they came, they look the other way around. Well, they see that this person came from here. Um, so this is why they did that and this is what they did. This was the result. So they'll see, they'll look at it the complete opposite way. Um, and I, maybe that's even to do with how they're brought up because some people read, read, you know, if you read Hebrew, you read the opposite way around, which would, which I know affects the mind where you look at things the other way around. So I, I don't know. You just find that there's so many variables that, we can't explain with people, so you can, you just can't judge. And I and I I've actually found in the in the last sort of few years that I have been a terrible judge of people, where I've I've missed for, for better and worse. I've often judged people and thought they were better than they were, and then I found out, you know, they did the wrong thing by me and left me in a bad position. But then I've done the opposite as well, um, and and that's what I think. What I like about this whole this whole pandemic situation because we're seeing people really come out of themselves. It's like there's the, the unveiling has happened. We're seeing who's really about the truth and who's not. Mm. And you can't pretend anymore. Like you are, we're going to see with your, your actions. Like it says, you know, you, you shall know them by their fruits in the Bible. Yeah. Well, a few people are trying hard to pretend though. They're still trying to hold on to the materialism and stuff. They just won't admit it to themselves. But, um, yeah, uh, so with regards to, uh, I said this would probably be episode 33, so maybe we could touch on that. Um, the number 33, how, like, you know, in, in society it's been made out to be this evil Illuminati kind of thing. Um, what are your thoughts on that word and the, the good versus the evil aspects? Um, well, I don't think any number's evil. Hmm. I don't think any color's evil. Um I don't think any symbol really is evil. It's oh well, there's probably is things that are just evil, right? But but the you know most symbols and, and numbers and things they just express an idea, hmm. and it's how you you interpret neutral information. You know, you can you can look at it's like someone could be a doctor and they could go and and use that that knowledge because it's all knowledge, right? Hmm. They could use that knowledge to do horrible things or they could use that knowledge to do, save people, right? So you could use the knowledge mm. both ways. And I think a lot of both is happening now mm. in mainstream medicine. 
I think a lot more people are probably getting um, getting assaulted and violated with it. But this is the thing, right? So you've got you've got um, you know these people that say, "Oh, this is our number" or "This is our colours." I even did a um, when I first started the peacemakers, we would have we were using orange vests and like um, thorough vests and green ones. And then a number of people got on my YouTube channel saying, oh, that's that's the mace. The masons use those colours. And no, I'm like, look, the masons didn't create orange and, and green. God did. And those colours biblically have very good meaning, right? Mm. There's, 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 there's beautiful meanings. And so I said, so I, I, I just I can't, I'm not going to believe that something's evil because someone says it's evil and I'm not going to believe something's good because someone says it's good, you know, it, it's just how you it, it's how you want to look at things. Mm. Um, so this number thirty three, I mean, it's just a number. Mm. You know what I mean? Like there's information being conveyed there. It doesn't mean it's evil. I mean, there, there's maybe you know it says that um, a third of the angels left their their, their first estate there in the Bible. A third of the angels is thirty three point three percent. You know. And then you got the, you know, then people go, oh, the six, 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 the three sixes, which is like, oh, that's the, that's the evil number from the Bible. Okay, all right. So then that's maybe three, you know, two, two thirds, right? That are, that are left. I, you know, but it's just how you look at it. Mm. Which I just think six, six, six just means the number of man, and it's conviction of man. Three, three times three of those number is the conviction. But yeah, I mean numbers. Like thirty-three, you could look at that, and you could find so many ways to interpret that based on the the external and internal um, things that you know and that you can see. So it's just how you apply knowledge. Isn't uh, it? Would the evil thing be actually letting, uh, actually buying into the fact that it's evil? Yeah, it's the that's how witchcraft works, isn't mm. it? They they you know they convince you you know that that this is going to you know well this is going to happen and. They tell you your fortune, maybe they tell you this fortune, this is going to happen, and you go, oh, okay, because you believe in it, it happens because the thought precedes the action. But if you didn't believe it in the first place, it wouldn't happen. It's like the placebo effect in medicine, mm. right? They tell you, oh, this is this is um, going to make you, going to heal you, and because you people have, even if it's a small amount of belief in it, mm. they go, oh, well, you know, I, I think, you know, which is faith, right? They have a small amount of faith, and they start they have, they have a, a positive response, and they go, oh, well, it's... There was nothing in it but sugar, but you believed that it was something else. It's the belief that mm. that makes it. It's like the Bible says in there um, in the Proverbs. It says, "As a man thinketh inside, so is he." Right? So as you think, you are. Like mm. Jesus said, "As you have believed, so be it unto you." And then Job says, "That which I feared has come upon me." You know, and then all these awful things happen to him in Job, and then he says, "That which I feared has mm. come upon me." Right? So it's. It's actually teaching us what you've just said is um it's, it's expressing that that the internal governs the external world and and yeah. I, obviously you're aware of that a lot of people aren't mm. well, well what are your thoughts on like the um the internal like thoughts like you actually before you actually speak it out loud into the world whether it's just speaking. And only God can hear, I guess, or thinking. Is there a difference between thinking and speaking to no because Yeah. I find that once you speak the words out of your mouth, it's almost like a covenant, a promise, whatever you're saying. And like you said before, your word is your um your bond. Yeah, and so um but you can have all the thoughts in the world, but until you actually manifest it, 
Well, until you actually speak it, it won't manifest. The thought precedes the action. So, mm. you know, it's like it's like the seed. Like the, there's many parables in the Bible about the seed. Mm. If it's a good seed, you know, they plant the, the, the wheat, then they plant the seeds, they plant the pears. The good seed is the good thought, and that produces fruit. That's mm. just things that are good. A good tree brings yeah. forth good fruit. Corrupt mm. tree brings forth corrupt fruit. Corrupted thoughts will bring forth corrupted trees, which mm. will bring forth corrupted fruit. People are the trees. Okay, mm. that's why it's like many Bible verses that teach that. You know, yeah. Joseph is a fruitful vineyard whose branches go over the wall. Mm. You know, this is this is the idea here that that there it's it's um, symbolic of something. So that's a symbol, like the tree. Mm. Yet you, you see the the you know the much of the pagan world, even the satanic world, will will look at trees, and they will they'll look at trees in a in a negative way, like the, um, to to uh, to a Christian leader, mm. because they look at it like they worship the tree as opposed to the creator of the tree, right? Yeah. So the, so but this idea of um of the the idea the thoughts when you when you say speak and when you do because you can. You can express an idea with your words, but you can express it with your actions as well, okay, <laughs> by what you do, you, by saying nothing because we're obligated mm. to, to speak as well. So yeah. when you say nothing, you're saying something as well. So And, and that's taught in the Bible too where it says, you know, like um, when you, if, if someone makes a, a vow, say it's someone that, that that's, that like so say I was I was working for you and I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go out the side work for you. I'm going to go and 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 do whatever it is work. You know, on this day, I'm going to do this. This is how I'm going to do it. And I reckon I'm going to make lots of money for you. But this is what I'm going to do now. If you don't say anything, but you've heard it, you've agreed by not saying anything. Which is which mm. in law is that's where we mm. get the tacit agreement from. Yeah. So, but if you say no, 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 I don't want you to do that. Okay, well that nullifies the words that I've said, but. But you have, but you by not saying something, you would have agreed. Yeah. So, so sometimes even not saying something, but yeah, you, your your words are actions. It's an emotion. It comes from some sort of emotional response. That's what emotion means to stir up and push out what's mm. in the mind. That's what the if you look at the etymology of that word, emotion means to move out, which means something internally getting expressed mm. out. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting. The emotion that you were yeah, you mentioned that before as well. I have to check the etymology of that out that's fascinating yeah in the parable of the sower i found because i've been looking up like seeds and branches and roots um for doing the reading the bible and yeah the parable of the sower is it's just yeah pretty fascinating it's um and you sort of see yeah. that happening now where the seed planted like the word of god that people would, would have heard or like expressed somehow, like someone told them or whatever. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I agree. That, that's cool. That's cool. But as soon as it becomes uncomfortable, then it gets taken away. Uh, then they fall subject to Satan's words, his seeds, replace those seeds. And it's like, it's only shallow. It's only sort of skin deep as opposed to having real, um, having the roots, you know, um, it's like the light, you know, you, you, you can't turn the light off and the darkness not come in. So as mm. soon as you go against the mm. truth, the evil will come into your life. It has to. Mm. It just is. That's, that's, the, that's the natural and I would say a divine law too. So we've got that principle. We know it. We know it's true. Um, yeah. The, um, 
was going to I was going to share a particular bowl verse, but so it's fled my mind right now. So anyway, yeah, that's right. If it comes to you, then that's fine. Um, yeah. So just just wanted to finish up on. Um, yeah, you do. You're doing homeschooling at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, there's a lot of interest in homeschooling now. Uh, how long have you been doing that? And can you uh, touch on what that involves? Because especially Since now, my... like a lot of people are really interested, and next month or so, it's going to get a bit hairy. And well, next year, I guess. Yeah, I, I've been doing it for about. Um, and I remembered that Bible verse I was going to share with you, but I'll share it after because it's, it's a very good one. Um, four or five years now we've been doing, I think I think five years, maybe four. Been, been Yeah, definitely four years um, homeschooling. Um, so I've got three that we homeschool because the, the, the little girl's only two. Um, it's not as hard as you think it is, you know, because we thought it was going to be really hard. It's, it is. It's a bit of work, but... What, what they get from being at home all the time is they get to be around mum and dad or maybe it's mm. just mum, maybe it's just dad because one might be working. And that is really healthy. If, if, you ha- if they've got a good home life, a good home environment, that's really healthy. They're also not isolated in a specific age group. That's not really healthy. And, and then you have mm. homeschool meetups. That, that There's lots of those going around where you meet up with people and there'll be, there'll be like families that have all different age kids and then those, those different ages interact in a certain way. That actually increases their intelligence and their capacity in a big way. Mm. So sometimes the, you know, my 10-year-old, he's used to being the older one and the more mature one, he helps out around the, the house and, he, and he's going to be a bit more of a leader, but then he'll be around older kids sometimes um, in these homeschool meetups and he's going to be the younger one. He's, he's being the younger kid now. Um, it's really important for that them to have that for their development to know what it is to be an older mm. one and what it is to be younger. Uh, and you don't have to spend you know six hours a day teaching them. You just need to spend a couple of hours because mm. they don't. They got one on one with mum or dad. Mm. That's it's, they don't get that at school. Yeah. A lot of it there. A lot of kids are just talking and mucking around and being all of that. That's not there now. And then people say, oh, what about the social? Well, if you want them to get be social, they don't need to be social six hours a day with other kids. They can do that. You put them in some sports or you put them in some activities. Plus you have mm. the homeschool meetups. Mm. You just go and you meet up with the other homeschoolers. Just get on Facebook, whatever, look at it up online. Um, homeschool meetups for your electorate. And there's there's people that are meeting up and they're, they're doing all sorts of activities together. Yeah, and... and um... Seems better than dealing with a bully meeting you behind the behind the 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 recreation block or whatever after school yeah. for, to get to get beat up because you said or did something or walked past someone that looks funny. Um, like and they're not going to get um they're not going to get um politically charged up like mm. this is what it's all political at school now like they climate change rainbow mm. shoelace days mm. you know cross dressing days. You know the climate change is a huge one. They they yeah. get they they get kids out protesting for that. Yeah. How evil is that? They they they're telling the kids what they what their political views are. Yeah, they're not giving them the ability to think for themselves. Yeah, you know? because we all we should we should all listen to you know teenagers, especially truant yeah. ones that are uh, world experts apparently in in these fields. But yeah, 
So Greta Thunberg, right? Oh, allegedly. Um, yeah, like, well, we shouldn't be listening to any any teenager like in the mainstream. We should be protecting them, not like putting them out in the spotlight. Even like, see how they flip, flip the truth over, mm. right? We're meant to honor our mother and father, the elderly, mm. and to give them give them the honor. But instead, we've gone. You know, the the youth are being told that they know more than everyone else, mm. and that the older people don't know anything. That's not true at all. That's completely false. But they've, that's what they've done, you know, and they've done it by skewing their worldview so that the worldview of these children is only these things. It's this, this, they're compartmentalised in here and they don't even recognise all this other stuff around here, which the older people know about. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's evil. It's pure evil. Mm. It's, a way of, it's, it's a way of separating a, a generation from the other generation. Yeah, it's like, you know, the, the young the young generation should be helping the older generation, taking care of them at, in their old age, and the older generation should be helped teaching the young generation what they've learned in their life. It seems pretty basic to me, and that's sort of the what, what I find um, attractive about homeschooling is you, you're learning what's real instead of being yeah. forced to, you know. Uh, yeah, anyway. So go my, on. My, go on. Um, I was just going to say, my oldest boy, he he's much more mature than than you know other kids that that go mm. to school because he he's been with mum and dad all the time. He knows he shouldn't do this, he shouldn't say that. He knows he's got to help out. Mm. He just knows those things. I mean, he's still is a ten year old kid, but he's mm. they are more mature. Uh, yeah, and I think they develop a, a more solid foundation. Well, if you look at the children from like a hundred years ago, um, like TV shows or from the thirties or whatever, like. They were they were assistants in Congress and the, the, like 10, 11, 12, 13 year olds when they come of age they're like responsible enough they're reading books they're like able to run errands and do all these things back then now it's like oh I can't leave the house alone for like you know with the society we're in now but yeah you look at a grade six exam from 150 years ago you you wouldn't get 50 percent probably. Mm. Mm. I'm not saying you're not intelligent, yeah. but I just it, they were so far ahead of us mm. in their ability to write. They could write like a lawyer, mm. the, better than a lawyer now. Would you know, like a good lawyer, the way they would write a letter. These kids could do it in mm. grade six. They understood how to do that. It's with penmanship. I've got a book um, from the 1700s that a friend's lent to me. Um, it's from their one of their family members, and it's actually a Masonic book, right? It's got all these. Masonic oaths that they've made. Mm. It's all sort of in code, but you see the penmanship and the way these people could write. It, it's they, they were so far ahead. You've mm. got to give, give them credit. They were so far ahead, and mm. we've we 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 only you know have such a short attention span. We don't read books. We we've been you know given that five to ten minute, maybe not even ten minute attention span. We we use emojis now. It's like it's it's the deliberate dumbing down of our society hmm. to make it come up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'd love to. Have, <laughs> it would have been way better to to grow, uh, grow up back then and learn <laughs> like they did but instead of like the, I mean, yeah, we got decent schooling, I get, or not really, but sort of self-taught and figure stuff out yourself. <laughs> um, we have information, for sure. Yeah, we have the ability, yeah. but we have to be driven to learn. Yeah. And the hubris of having devices and screens and the internet, we think we're smarter than them, but it's like, we're not just have a look at everything that's going on. We're not, 
yeah, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a illusion, a trick. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, anything else you want to finish up on? Um, yeah. Yeah. That barber yeah, coat well, that you if you remember. John chapter chapter eighteen, and Jesus says, "My kingdom is not of this world." And he says, he's talking to Pilate. He's the one that said, "Okay, crucify uh, the Messiah." And he said, "To this end was I born." This is what Christ was saying. Jesus was saying, "To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness of the truth. Those who are of the truth hear my voice." So there's those that are of the truth, and there's those that aren't. And then, and in the next verse, Pontius Pilate, the Roman authority, mm-hmm. says. What is truth? He asks the question, what is truth? He doesn't understand that truth is an internal concept and an internal idea. It's, it's the one thing that, that, that internally that you can't physically see that tells you, no, I can't go along with that and do what, you're, what you expect me to do. Or I have to do this because something inside of me tells me I must because it's the right thing to do. That's the truth that's inside of you. Pontius Pilate, the Roman authority, didn't understand what that was. But the Messiah, Jesus, he says, you know, he says, I came to bear witness of the truth, to be a physical manifestation in this world of what truth is. And those who are of the truth will hear my voice. They will see these concepts. I'll read them. They'll understand them and that will make sense. And they will listen to that, that voice from within. And that's, that's the separation of, like you said, with um, with the sower. There's the seed that goes on, on the good ground, but then there's the other seeds that don't. Same with the the wheat and the tares. And I think that's where we're where we're at in this in this world now. We're in a time where I truly believe that God is separating His people from from the people of this world, because my like Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world, um, and the kingdom of God is within you another quote from the bible Mm. well that means there's something out of this world that's inside of us and some of us are connected to it and some of us are not and we're seeing who those people are and i think by the end of this we're going to be so far apart in two camps yeah very well said all right um thanks for that we'll we'll leave it there um thanks a lot for the chat uh it's been a it's been a pleasure um thanks guys for listening and watching And we'll catch you next time. Thanks, mate. I really appreciate it. Cool. Cheers. All righty, guys. I hope you enjoyed episode 33 with Nick as much as I enjoyed doing it. Yeah, be sure to check out Nick's links down below, his website and all that. Be sure to check out my links down below and all that jazz. Uh, I've also got a new Telegram group that I set up uh, where I'll be posting all this sort of stuff and so we can chat and all that sort of thing. Uh, Yeah, hope you guys enjoyed and we'll catch you next time. Us. So you're a jujitsu guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who, who do you train with? I train it's under Pedro Sauer. It's in um, it's leverage jujitsu with Philip Grapsus. Okay. Down in uh, Thomastown. Yeah. Um, used to train with uh, Murat at Nexus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Just. Uh, yeah, that's sort of my. He's my very good. Yeah. Yeah. He's. Yeah. He's good and.
um, yeah, the Pedro Sour lineage is, is pretty good in um, in Melbourne. It's pretty good at the moment. Uh, but yeah, like he's probably, he was voted the best teacher in the world. But yeah, he's awesome when he comes down and gives uh, seminars and that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah, I don't know all the jiu-jitsu sort of um, community as well as, you know, obviously I was an MMA guy, yeah. so. <laughs> all right, man. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, cool. Thanks yeah. for that, mate. I really appreciate it. Yeah, hope you hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, just uh, something slightly, a bit more than just all the COVID talk and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to not talk about the COVID yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Corporates. <laughs> Every you know, it's it's gotten into every part of our mm. our, our life, right? But yeah. yeah, yeah, it is good to talk about different things and yeah, no, um, and then we all back to together. yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, because like all the all the law stuff and the Bible stuff, it's all from the same source. And yeah, all the all the yeah, like what you were saying at the about truth and well, that's like from the first word, the logos that God spoke into the universe. That was the, that's the truth. That's he spoke into, and it's unfolding over the millennia, whatever. The, it's the rock in the, you know, there's, you know, he who builds his house upon the rock, and he builds his, the, the wise man builds his house upon the rock, mm. which the house is, is you, mm. right? You're the house, right? And the, the foolish man builds his house upon the sand, right? Mm. And when the floods came and the winds blow, which the wind, wind just means spirit, it's the pneumatas, which means mm. wind and spirit, or ruach in Hebrew, which means wind or spirit, comes. And and the house built on the rocks will stand, right? The mm. rock is the truth. It's those people that are built on the truth. I will not do anything against what I know is mm. is right inside and against the truth. And those that are built more firmly on the truth because they've taken time to really understand and learn are solid. They can't be beaten. They can't mm. be broken. But those that are on the sandy foundation who today I believe this, but tomorrow I believe that, and I'll believe whatever the TV tells me to believe, they're like, when the winds and the floods come, they're just wiped out. Hmm. They've got nothing anchoring them there. Yeah, yeah and that's like the jujitsu triangle. Like that you got to get the good base, the base, the basic moves at the bottom, and then you're building up and up and building up to a triangle. Um, yeah, yeah, not the one-eyed Illuminati triangle, but just uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you need that foundation. Otherwise, if you don't have a good foundation, everything's just going to fall apart. Yeah. yeah. And then your triangle will be smaller and smaller and just topple over. Yeah. Or pyramid yep, or whatever. Definitely. All right. Cool. Do you have a favorite submission that you use? Uh, well, because I do a lot of it one hand at the moment um, for, for the last probably seven, eight years or something. But um, yeah. I think the guillotine is probably – So I seem to find the guillotine way uh, in a lot of positions really quickly, especially with my left arm. Uh, but the triangles probably my my go to from the garden. Pretty good at the triangles, but yeah. my hips my hips injured at the moment, so it's, it's on one side. It's a bit uh, wonky. But that's yeah. how I beat Callum Potter. Was it yeah. was a triangle? Okay, <laughs> yeah. Now fight, yeah. And he, um, but it was just the wrestling. Just he he, he didn't like the wrestle, he, mm. and he got real good after that too. Mm. That was earlier in his sort of yeah. fight career. But the, the triangle was one of my probably my favourite submission was the triangle. Yeah, well, it's like the best one. I mean, the Mare Mare Leon's probably the king of well, that's what it's called. But the the triangle and like over the last few years refined it in 
certain ways that it tightens it a lot and just adjusts the position and instead of just doing it front on you you move it slight you just move a slight little angle and it just tightens everything up and brings it all in and yeah and then where your feet are pointed versus where you're you know rather than having it like that it's more like that um yeah and it tightens right up you know if you've got your toes pointing in the same direction but yeah um yeah that's my that's my favorite yeah no i'm i'm with you i I think i think and then there's so many different um variations from there we can Mm. just turn into an armbar yeah 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 and then on the platter yeah it's it's good to transition one and then you go back to the triangle and then back to the armbar and always try to be one step ahead if you can to be hard like i'm like just using half my body to to roll to joints on my right side of uh, the moment a bit a bit wonky so it's um a lot of it's yeah. just one-handed stuff. Um, so you're you're impaired grappler. So you yeah. have some sort of impairment. Yeah? Just, yeah, I've got arthritis. Like my my wrist doesn't bend. Oh yeah. So it's like, um, and it gets really painful when I use it or get hit or something. Um, it started off in the elbow. Doesn't. Have you uh, tried? Have you tried those magnets? Those magnets on the on the joints? Uh, not the no, not the magnets. I'm doing a PEMF trial with someone in January, I think. So I've got these magnets that I use for when I get pain in my back and stuff, and I know the guy that actually makes them. Okay. And he sells them all over to physios, but a lot, mostly over in Spain and and um mm. and Germany. But but he's just over here. I've got a whole lot of these magnets. Mm. I can send you some yeah. just to use. Give yeah. it a go. Yeah. If, if you just email me your um address, I'll just um I'll, I'll send them off to you. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be done. Cool. And all, all you do is you just tape it, tape it on. Yeah. And and I, I tell you, I kid you, my back when it's when I, my back's bad, my lower back, I, I can be just completely out. I put these on. It's like I know it's still there, but most of the pain is gone. Mm-hmm. And I'm not taking any. You don't take any yeah, yeah. drugs or anything. It doesn't hurt anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's got they're like got a they got like a pole, an arrow pointing up. So you want to have yeah. it either pointing sort of down on your hand or, or up and not okay. to the side okay. down or up and yeah, yeah which way they're, they're, the, the energy flow is going or the yeah it doesn't matter if it's up or down as yeah. long as it's going this way yeah. or the other way yeah that way yeah all right yeah that'll so, be, yeah, that'll be cool yeah. Yeah. i've yeah. got a whole lot of them that he gave me for free so all right yeah, yeah. no worries give that a try um yeah. always looking for new things but i think i need to quit the coffee though uh yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, coffee, think, coffee, maybe, maybe the very, it's very, um, acidic. Mm. But, um, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, like you said, it's the thing we or like before we we're talking about, we need to just manif- speak it. And then once I've decided and say it out loud, then, it, well, um, then that's when it'll, I'll do it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, for um, sure. 